0: Hello, hello, and welcome back to Agency Nation Radio. My name is Ryan Hanley, and I still haven't figured out how to not duplicate the intro music, but that's okay. Uh, that's what happens when you use a brand new tool like Zencaster. Uh, today, though, I have dumped my co-host, Marty Agather, because um, I do that as often as I possibly can in exchange for someone I am very happy to share with you guys, and that is Marcus Sheridan, the sales line. Marcus, it's great to be speaking with you, my friend.
1: Handley man, it's a good day when we're talking. It's been too long, and uh, glad to step into your world and, and talk with your peeps, and hopefully I'll say
0: something today of value to the audience. <laughs> well, I'm hoping so too, man. No, uh, so it is good. For those that don't know, um, Marks and I have known each other for, geez, a while now. I can't even remember how long. Um, when I was doing the 100 insurance questions answer thing, he was doing the same thing at his pool shop, and it just started the sales line, which is where we can get into a little bit of this. I, I really don't want to do too much of your backstory, but uh, Marcus is a, a current um, small business owner as well who started a marketing company, which has now blown up and become um, an even bigger thing. And uh, we kind of found each other. We we're doing similar things. We were answering questions of all of all things. We were answering client questions and uh, and have been friends ever since. We did a podcast for a little while together, which um, our, our own Paths kind of converged for a while and then diverged, which happens is all good. Uh, but uh, any chance we get to talk to each other is is always valuable in my mind. So uh, I'm th- I'm sure we're gonna be good, man. We're gonna be good, you know. And we would, you know, really, our podcast
1: was it, it lived and then it died with blab, which you know, blab yeah. is just one of those things where it's gonna be a, like this little blip on the on the on the social media history of your radar, right? But um, you know what's funny is sometimes people try things. Like somebody might say to us, well yeah I was do you feel like that was a waste of your time. I'm like, no. <laughs> no. 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 It's part of the this is part of the world we're in. It's like you have to be willing to try the platform, at least say, does this make sense and be able to answer the question, right? And if you're not willing to at least look at the platform and engage it, analyze it, right, then you don't know if you're going to miss the thing that could have a dramatic impact on your business. I appreciate those willing to fail experimenting with digital media, with these new platforms. It's it's a very impressive characteristic that, frankly, most SMBs just don't have at this point.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I and I agree with that. I think everybody, and in particular the industry uh, that that we're speaking to, the insurance industry, just by their nature is risk averse and tends to be uh, the 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 earliest adopters are late majority, right? So it's just that the whole bell curve is is skewed um, towards adoption, uh, and and I think to a certain extent that's okay. It's the nature of the product. It's the nature of what we do. But uh, the unfortunate part, and what we talk about so much on this show, Marcus, and, and, you know, some of the things I want to talk to you about is that the world is, is, is moving at a pace that does not allow us to be laggards anymore, which Mm. is, which is one of the reasons why we're having the elevate conference in June. Right. We, we just, we, I want to get people in person. I want to get them that mixing. I want to, I want to get as many insurance professionals as I can around someone like you who just has incredible energy and has a, 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 a progressive view on what small businesses can be doing within the framework of still operating their business. So, so maybe we could start in that place. Um, and, and for, for any of you who are like, uh, you know, I want more on Marcus. We'll be have show notes. We'll get all this taken care of. You can go to, um, uh, forward slash podcast. Look for episode number 58, And I'll have everything about Marcus. You can find everything you need, including his book, which we'll talk about. But so to get right into it, Marcus, let's talk a little bit about, uh, you have a case study that you did, um, and I'm going to butcher the guy's business name and his name, so I'm not even going to go there. But can you just walk us into this idea that you don't have to be a huge team, you can still operate your business and integrate some of this uh, content marketing and and some of your philosophy, Um, and just take us into that world a little bit and let's dissect it. Well, you know, it's it, it it's amazing how many people
1: say I'm too small to be successful online. It, it, you hear it all the time, and um, I think part of the reason is is I, I think some people espouse this that if you're not a big company, and if you're not um, if you don't have a huge machine behind you, you can't you can't be successful. It's fundamentally false, and I say that because you mentioned a case study from. My book that just came out, They Ask, You Answer, and the, the person's name is Rob Micheloff. His company is Smarter Finance USA. Now, what he does is small equipment loans, and he's competing against some of the biggest financial institutions in the world, and he's a one-man shop that is looking to generate, digitally speaking, small equipment loans online right and so he has become in so many ways the voice of that space and he did he understood something early that f- frankly most small businesses just don't get they have a keen advantage and the keen advantage it's very similar to well i call them digital davids because every industry is full of goliaths that are big slow lots of red tape can't necessarily do the creative things that a digital David can do. And so he could be, Rob in this case, dramatically more creative. Uh, he could push the envelope with this content. He could talk about subjects that others just weren't willing to talk about. And as a one-man gang, he's just generated an income now that's, t- that's astounding. It's astounding, and it's all because... He didn't sit there and say, Well, I'm not big enough, or I'm not smart enough, or I'm not technical enough. He got past those things and he said, Okay, so what can I do well? And he knew that he could communicate well. He was a good teacher. He did understand that. And he ran with it and it paid off big time.
0: What if you're not creative? Like, what if you just, you know, you're not a writer? I mean, is it possible to be successful if you if like you're sitting there going, you know, I'm good at insurance, but I've never written anything before.
1: Mm. So I think it's a really good question and it, it and it merits thought, Ryan, because it would be easy to say it doesn't matter, but it does. It does. Uh, but let me put it like this is your life easier today if you are a good writer? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes it is because so much of what we do digitally speaking has copy copy is involved but it's it's more so of are you a good communicator because if you're a good communicator not necessarily a great writer but a good communicator you can overcome a lot of those deficiencies because the great communicators everything is leaning in their advantage at this point in time Warren Buffett recently said that far and away, the he was speaking to a group. He said far and away the most important characteristic, excuse me, skill set that you can have if you want to generate um, significant revenue in your life is public speaking, right? And I align that, of course, with communication skills. We have a dearth of great communicators out there in every single industry. It's very, very common. And so if you're willing to put yourself on camera, if you're willing to put yourself out there, your thoughts, your voice, you can absolutely become a thought leader. There's no question about it. And the cool thing about it is, and this obviously aligns itself, as you well know, Ryan, with video, and you did it so well yourself, is when somebody learns the basics of video, they quickly realize, oh my goodness, I can produce dramatically more content and more effective content through video than I can through text, especially as a one man gang. There's no question about it. And you can, at that point you can compete with any of the big boys all day long because you can do so much so fast.
0: Yeah. And there's so many ways to repurpose video. I I love video. It's, um, for for our company, for Agency Nation, and for TrustedChoice it's it's one of our big initiatives for twenty seventeen as well. So, well, are, you well, say, well, I, let me ahead. but let me let me say one other thing about that, and I'm thinking about it, Ryan. Yep, yep.
1: Is you know as 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 agents, we always talk about a lot of the traditional ones say, well, it's always just been a, a referral based business. Well, that's true. It always was a referral based business, and then some of the really big boys came in, like say the Geicos of the world, and they changed it. And if I had a dollar. For um, every agent that has complained to me about some of these, you know, big boys out there, some of the geicos of the world, um, I'd own a beach, a big one. And it's a shame because at this point it doesn't help us to complain about those that have a lot of um, ad spend for TV. doesn't help. And so the question is, what can we do that they cannot do? And frankly, they can't do and they won't do certain things that we can do. And getting back to this referral point, it's even though we've become digital, it's still a human-to-human experience that we would prefer to have if we have that choice. And video, far and away can be our best sales tool. It's like, how, how often do agents schedule a meeting with somebody, right? And when they shake their hand, or when when the door opens and they shake their hand, that that's the first time that the potential uh, customer has seen their face and heard their voice. That is a problem, Ryan, as you know. I mean, because by the time you get there to the house or to the office, by the time you're shaking their hand, they should already know what you look like, what you sound like, what your philosophy what your doctrine is because they've watched you before and therefore they feel like they know you and therefore the relationship of trust has already been built and you don't have to spend the first 20 30 minutes trying to establish that relationship of trust because it already exists this is a big deal that's why video is a major major asset to your to your your entire sales arsenal and the agents and the companies that are integrating video into the sales process, into the sales mix, they are finding that the funnel shortens, the sales cycle shortens,
0: and things just get better from that point on. So there's a lot to unpack there. Um, first, one I want to first comment I want to make to the agents listening. You know, you're thinking about different ways to use video. Uh, Josh Lipstone of Lipstone Insurance down in North Carolina. He actually does video. Uh, proposals. So gathers the information for the person and then on video puts together the proposal and then emails that video to the client to or to the prospect so they can actually see him talking through the proposal to them. And it has created a really interesting dynamic. And he sent me a couple of really cool examples where situations where that person may have gone to another agent to shop different carriers, they've come back and engaged in conversation because now he's a real person. Um, I also I've talked about it before on this show how when we started sending out introductory videos from our CSRs to new clients where the, the new clients got a chance to see face to face the customer service representative who would be helping them. The number of angry calls, the, you know, and we started to track this was the person mad when they called, you know, I need to make a car change. I haven't heard from you, blah, blah, blah. Um, the number of angry calls decreased significantly because now they were real people, they knew who these people were and they weren't just talking to some faceless person in a call center, they were talking to Karen or Heidi or whoever. So there's so many uses of video. But I, before we get, I wanna, I wanna unpack something you said. So you said in most industries or in many industries or in all industries, I can't remember, uh, there are a lot of good communicators. So what, I'm, when I'm, what I inferred from that comment was that there are a lot of good communicators but there aren't a ton of people willing or uh to speak in public or willing to do video so what you're saying is there are a lot of good communicators or good enough communicators there just aren't enough people who have or are willing to step out in front of the camera or step in front of the audience and if we can take that step that's really the thing holding us up not whether or not we're a good communicator it's it's a
1: great point and i and i should have i should have added a few things um to this because let's let's be really frank. If you're not a good communicator, you're probably not going to be a good agent. That's a fact. Right. No, that's, that's true. Fact, yeah. Right? And, and so if somebody says, well, but I'm not a good communicator, I would argue, well, then you're in the wrong career field. I mean, you, you need to do better or you need to be doing um, logistics desk work. Um, you got to be able to to sell in life you got to be a people person you got to be able to communicate that's and you and you mentioned that you mentioned it well now there's another element to this and you just talked about that too hanley which is a great point of of people say things like i'm not good on camera which fundamentally is false because i've never heard an agent in fact i've never heard anybody in sales say i'm just not good face to face with the individual And therein lies the problem. We see video as being different than when we're face-to-face. You know, Hanley, when I see a camera, and I know you are the same, you don't see a camera. You see the person on the other end of the camera. You don't... It's like literally you're talking to a human in that moment. And that's... When I get in front of video, my obsession is what is the person on the other end thinking as I'm explaining this thing? I'm obsessed with them. I don't really care about the fact that there's a lens and a piece of equipment. And when we get in the business of sales, which everybody listening to this definitively is, when we get into the business of sales, we have to ask people for their money. That's sales. Well, once you start asking people for their money, you lose the right to say, I don't want to give them a reason to fully trust me. And so when you say I'm just not good on camera, you're saying I want them to trust me, but I'm not willing to give them full reason to trust me. And see, they fundamentally misalign. You can't say that anymore. It's it's, <laughs> it's not kosher. Yeah. You can't do that. And we have to. And it's and this is tough love for all of us, myself included, because I had to do this. We've got to get over ourselves, over our perceived, not real, but perceived
0: weaknesses. And we gotta get out there and communicate better than we currently do. I love that idea. And 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 I, I agree with you. Um, you know, it's it's this idea that we have a responsibility to these people. Um, you know, in and, and, you you asked a question in our uh, speaking spill group the other day and and I wrote a response to you and I'm not going to get into all that but um, you know a lot of what that response was 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 the was the idea that regardless of who our clients are or well, what business we're in um, the people that we're serving, we have a responsibility to them, not just to, to perform a function or stamp a TPS report and move it from the left side to the right side of our desk. We have a responsibility to do our best work for that person and to, and to create that bond that's necessary to, to, for that person to want to do business with us. And if people aren't choosing to do business with you, it's because they don't trust you. It is not because – and this is I'm, – I'm speaking directly to independent agents – it's not because we don't have the best products. We know we do. It's not because we don't have the best prices. We can undercut, I say undercut, we can be more competitively priced for, for equal coverage from any carrier that exists. State Farm, Nationwide, I mean, it doesn't matter, right? Pick your director captive competitor. We have products that, that are as competitive or more competitively priced. So you take these common excuses out of the way and what does it ultimately come down to? It comes down to what you just said, man. It's trust. And video... It, when I, when I did the 100 insurance question all the videos I did after, right, I 500 plus whatever videos for the Murray group, I, I used to joke, the people were already sold when they called me. There was no selling. I didn't sell. They just said, Hey, uh, is Ryan Haley there? I need to talk to him about whatever the coverage was. And I pick up the phone and I'd be like, Hey, what's going on? How can I help you? And these people weren't a- asking me, um, uh, prodding trust questions. They were asking me questions about how do I get this from you? Like I, I, I I already want it. I know I want it. Just tell me what I need to pay you and let's get it done. It was that idea of being already sold. And I'm with you. I firmly believe without a, without a shred of doubt that video in this space is the absolute best way to build that trust. You know, um, we,
1: it took me a long time as a pool guy. And, and for those that don't know, I still own a swimming pool company. Um, it, in today and, and obviously i talk about this in the in the book and how we did it but it's the most traffic swimming pool website in the world um, we get about a half a million visitors a month and this principle of they ask you answer really what ryan and i are talking about is is not just answering your customers questions but obsessing over the way they think and the way they want to buy um which which it's it's more than just somebody had a question let me go answer it it's Somebody told me once that they would like to buy or engage this way. And do I meet them there? And so part of they ask you answer is what we're talking about, Hanley. Some people, frankly, don't want to read. Some people want to read. Some people just want to watch. And so the idea that you've got an agent that's sending out video proposals, I think, is genius. And in fact, I wrote that down. I said, why am I not talking about that? Because that is a great way. You know, one of the issues with proposals... Is like you said, they oftentimes don't have. You can't explain them well. It's just a number, um, especially if you're not face to face with the with the potential um, client or customer. And sometimes you're in a business where you're sending out so many, it's impossible to do that, especially if they're farther away. And so the idea of sending out a video proposal, that makes a lot of sense. I said, man, I really, really need to do that. There's, and at this point, I know it. So there's no excuse for me not to do it other than just simple laziness if I don't do it from, uh, from this point. You know, For the longest time, when I was selling in the home um, as a pool guy, uh, I would schedule an appointment with somebody. Let's say it was at 5, 6 o'clock at night. And I would knock on the door, and in the background, I would hear almost every single time. It's funny how it worked, almost every single time. Mom, dad, pool guys here. I heard that for almost seven years of my life, right? And then and then when we started to integrate video into the sales process, the first time this happened, I was I was almost dumbfounded. And then it started to happen again and again. And I knocked on the door one night. And I heard a kid in the background say, mom, dad, the guy on the video is here. And I said, my goodness, (laughs) this is going to be a different sales appointment. And it was, and it was, and it's been different ever since that time. And that's the simple power of video to sell. Because like you talked about, the only reason why we don't sell more is because people don't trust us enough. We can lie to ourselves and give ourselves other reasons. But the reason why somebody buys from somebody else is not because they were lower. Because if they're lower and there is no trust, they won't buy. If they feel like it's shady or shoddy, they just, they were like, ah, it's not worth it to me. Too much risk. Too much risk. And so trust is the fundamental tie that binds every single business in the world, certainly every single agent that's listening to this. And that's what we're talking about. We're having a conversation
0: about trust, even though we like to use, you know, phrases like digital and content and all that other jazz. Hundred percent. Hundred a hundred percent. And I think that's lost in a lot of people. They they look at it and they can't get past the tactics and the newness, even though it's not we're we're looking at like a decade of this now. Um and and they forget that all we're really trying to do, it's it's the digital handshake. It's the it's the it's the interaction before you meet them physically, but it's it is all and always about, about trust. And, um, you know, it, it was funny. I, I have this, this philosophy, which I, I actually have never written about. Um, and maybe I'm not the first one to think it, but I, the amount of value that we place on someone and the amount of trust that we have in someone is directly relate related to how much time we give them. Right. And how much time we give in the, maybe in this case content. So if you share a photo on Instagram Someone might give that seven seconds of their time, and that's wonderful, and they, they move on. If you write a blog post, say that average read time is somewhere between a minute 45 and three minutes, we'll say on a blog. Well, that's great. Let's say you do a five or 10 minute video, and someone watches that entire video, right? So, let's say it's 10 minutes. Well, how many two-minute blog posts do they have to read to, to spend 10 minutes with you? How many seven-second Instagram posts do they have to see to spend 10 minutes with you? And then they watch your video every week for 10 minutes. And now that time is starting to build and build. And this is why I love podcasting so much, right? And 30, 40, 45 minutes at a time. And and yeah, your numbers will never be as big the longer you go. But the amount of trust that you're building with the people who take that journey with you is is exponentially larger than than the, than the lowest common denominator content that you can provide. It's one of the reasons why as much as I was on things like Snapchat and stuff at the beginning, and I played around, I did the thing that we did with Blab, right? I did three months of hardcore work on Snapchat trying to figure it out. And I finally got to the end of the day and I said, uh, one, it's not my best creation method, but two, Uh, For me, the most important thing is how much time people are willing to spend with my stuff because that's where value is created, and uh, I didn't see it there. So uh, I I don't know what you think about this philosophy, but when we're talking about video, it's one of the reasons why I've always been on video is I just want, and and podcasting in particular, is I want people to spend more time with me because when they do that, that's where trust gets built and value is created.
1: All valid points. I think there's one more that we need to talk about. And it's just, we have to say to ourselves, where are we headed? Is this going to slow down? And anybody knows that it's not. This visual uh, consumer that is found within each one of us, especially with the advent of, of VR, virtual reality, which to many people is almost like a <laughs> so silly. That's, no, it's like happening right now, especially if you look at the auto manufacturers. They're, they're some of them are making VR an incredibly um, integral part of their new um, uh, uh, like retail settings. Yeah. I mean, that's that that for them is is the future. My swimming pool company is starting to do VR this year in the home. Um, as we're showing people uh, swimming pools. Now, how does that work with insurance? I don't know, Ryan, but somebody's going to make it work. And it's just going to be a part, again, of this entire experience, where we're all headed. And so because this isn't going to slow down, because it's not going to go away, we all have, we just have to accept that, okay, this is the career that I'm in. And even though I didn't plan on making this my career. It is now. You know, me as a business owner, I didn't, you know, this happens to everybody. We get into a field because we, and this has especially happened over the last 15 years. We get into fields because we're passionate about something. And lots of times we're passionate about people or this or that. But what happens is technology doesn't really care and trends don't really care about what we're passionate about. And so, as we've gone on, many business owners have almost lost control of their business because they said, geez, I got into, let's say, home construction, but really now I spend most of my time thinking about all this digital stuff that's happening. Well, yeah, it's reality. In every, If you look across the board, there's not an industry that's been immune to it. They're all affected by it. There's a group of people that complain about it. And then there's a group of people that are excited about it. Because they realize, okay, these are opportunities, opportunities, opportunities. And I just want to resubmit that every single person that's listening to this, especially if you're in a small to medium-sized agency, you have the potential to do things that the Geigos of the world could never do simply because you don't have the same amount of red
0: tape. And that, to me, is exciting. And we should all embrace it. Do you guys now see why? Marcus is our keynote on day one. Marcus is going to be delivering the, I mean, closing out our morning on day one. And to be honest with you, I've seen you speak how many times. I've done how many podcasts <laughs> with you. I'm yeah. probably more excited than anybody listening to have you at Elevate. Um, this is just crazy. Uh, There's so much value packed in this 27 minutes we've talked about so far. Um, I I can't even imagine what you're going to do with an hour. Uh, Come ready to rock and roll at Elevate, guys. Get your tickets to this event. Marcus is... is going to bring an incredible amount of energy, but we're jam packed with, with, I think we have 19 other speakers that are also going to come and bring the heat. This is going to be, this is going to be an insurance sales and marketing event like you've never been at before. And, uh, and I promise you, you won't be disappointed. And, and this is, uh, this is just the first case I'm making for that. But, uh, I, I let off with, with a, with a slugger. There's no doubt Marcus, but before we leave just briefly tell everyone a little bit about the book and where they can find it. It's a must read. I have it on my Kindle. I started it actually two nights ago. I I was waiting for the Kindle version to come out because I knew I'd never read the hard copy. But as soon as it did, I got it and I started reading it. I love it. Uh, just tell everybody a little bit about the book. They ask, um, you answer, and where they can find it.
1: Yeah, Hanley, I, I appreciate that. And before I do that, I just got to say one thing about the um, about the event Elevate. And I know we've we may have heard this before, but I got to reemphasize this i do so many events and i never grow tired of them because you see people change their lives in events and i'll tell you why because we're so busy in the grind and so busy working in our business that we never have a chance to work on the business but the moment that we step out just for a minute in this case a couple of days and go to an event like elevate You now have the chance to start working on your business. You're going to be inspired with things that you should be doing differently. You're going to have impressions of things that you need to take with you. And if you follow those impressions, and if you do the things that you say, man, that totally makes sense for me, for our agency, you're going to do some special things. It's going to be well worth your time. And that's why I think these are so very, very important. That's why I'm excited about the event. And I'm blown away, frankly, with the amount of speakers and the quality of said speakers that you've gotten for it so far. I'm honored to be a part of it. As far as uh, they ask, you answer is concerned. Look, this was for the longest time. The Riverpool story has been featured in so many business books at this point, but it's always been um, somebody interviewing me. And I wanted to show how this philosophy that we embrace took us to the most traffic swimming pool website in the world helped us become not just a, a retailer, but also a manufacturer of fiberglass pools. But more importantly than that, I wanted to show the case studies of the companies that have since embraced it. And I, and you mentioned one in this conversation today and how this philosophy of business, how it is the future, how it's going to be as relevant in 50 years as it is today and how it equally impacts sales as much as it does marketing. See, there's a lot of books about content and content marketing but this was a book that, that speaks to the sales and marketing side of doing digital, of doing content. That's why I'm really excited about it. And of course, it talks a lot about implementation too. And if you want to do this, what you can do, it's tactical, it's takeaway driven. I think it's going to have a big time impact on your business. Some of the um, um, private emails that I've gotten from people uh, make me so excited because it is, you know, there's a lot of people struggling right now and, and they want something that is more than just hope. They want hope that is tied to real results, real strategies. That's what they ask you. Answer is you can find it on Amazon. You can find it at Barnes and Noble. And you can email me anytime. It's Marcus at com. These sales, L I O N, Marcus at com. Ryan, thank you so much for having me on your podcast today.
0: Uh it's such a pleasure, man. Um, everything I could have hoped from you, dude. You you brought it. I loved it. Thank you, guys. If uh, if if you're just looking for the easy place too, you can just go to agencynation.com forward slash podcast episode fifty eight. I'll have links to Marcus's website, to some of his videos. Uh, I'm gonna try to find that video that I heard you talking about um, the the small equipment loans guy uh, to the book and and obviously head on over to Agency Nation dot com forward slash elevate one seven and get your ticket big Eye members you have a special discount um so go over get your ticket today do not wait we have a limited number of tickets i'm not saying that for like urgency marketing speak i literally just can only sell so many tickets because that's the venue we booked so um and surprisingly tickets are going fast well not really surprisingly but kind of surprisingly and i think i'm supposed to say that so i want you guys there come see marcus marcus it's been a pleasure man we're gonna get out of here